Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Total 90 Premier League Podcast. This is your favourite time of the week. This is my favourite time of the week. And I'm Nick Brown, Frowny Brown, from Frowny Brown Town. The Roy Hodgson era is already looking to derail as they are slaughtered 5-0 by Manchester City. We talk the importance of cup football in 2017 amongst the Premier League managers. Week two of the Champions League football starts with an absolutely mouth-watering fixture. And of course, we look at Facebook's finest and week seven of the Premier League season. And of course, I am never alone. I am joined by a man known as Michael Kennedy, the Saint Liverpool supporter, the biggest fan in the country. Mickey, how are we doing today? Uh, I'm doing okay. Yeah, you know, we got the result, which is the main thing, as you did. So you'd be on the same par as me, I'd say. I, I would say. Yeah, we, I think we're both pretty content with the uh, result. You know, we've both won, like which is handy, and uh, we've yep. both won away, yes, which is handy. But yes, which. Yeah, that was quite a nice surprise to win after losing to Leicester during the week. Um, I know you were a little bit nervous about this game. I was less nervous. Um, I was so confident in, in the Spurs that I put $100 on them to win. So, And how much did you win back? Uh, $75. That's all right. Was that head-to-head? That was head-to-head. Oh, no, it was a multi, sorry. I put it on with um, with City to win, which <laughs> ne- was, they were never going to lose. Was that, what was that paying, like a dollar eight? It was paying a dollar twelve. I think it was paying a dollar twelve. You really jacked up your value on that one, didn't you? Yes. Um, yeah, you're, exa- you're right about that one, but, you know. I've still won, and I'm still happy with it. Win's so. a win. You can't go too wrong with that. Um, yeah, Baby this, steps. This this week wasn't really as eventful as what I'd really hoped. There was no real shock results. Everything was pretty by the numbers, I'd, I'd assume. Which is almost like a shock result, I reckon, sometimes, because, you know, every week we have upsets, and every week, you know, a game really surprises us and takes us takes a step back, you know, and we go, oh, gee, didn't expect that. So um, to have a week that where every favourite won, which is, was actually almost like a little bit of a surprise, almost, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I, I definitely agree. I think that um, this whole this whole season, we're kind of, it's on the back of, you know, these big upsets and something that, you know, really shocks us so we can start off with, you know, a big story. And then this week, we've just kind of, yeah, we're just starting with the first game because this is what we're going to do. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. And in, uh, in the first game we're talking about is Tottenham and West Ham. Um, you know, at the 60th minute when uh, you guys are 3-0 up, I would have thought you guys were home and hose. But, you know, West to their credit, West Ham come back in the game. Um, Harry Kane, you know, he, he, he literally has just come back to life again in um, in August or September, sorry. Um, yep. He's come back to life. He's, he's, he's scored a brace. More right place at the right time, you reckon, with his goals this week? Uh, yeah, the, the first the first goal was very nicely done. Too. It was more the ball through Ericsson and the delivery to him. It was very yep. hard to miss, in all honesty. And the second one, Ali should have given it to him first time, decided to take the shot, and he got the cheeky rebound, which, as any striker will tell you, they're, they're the easiest goals to get. So you might as well, you take them when you get them. Yep, the, I call them the... Javi Hernandez special. Yeah, it's, it's the, the Chikorito. <laughs> I've written Chikorito. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, and, yeah, Ericsson's goal was, you know, pretty pretty clinical in his finishings. It was a good first touch, wasn't it? Yeah, For, you know, he, he, took really. the shot, he took the shot first time of, of probably a semi-half volley kind of thing. Um, Posted standing at the bottom of the corner of the right end of the goals. And um, it was really a nice finish, really. And to, to Hart's almost credit, I guess, he, he if it was any... You know, anywhere other than perfect spot, he probably would have got to it to be honest. But um, 
it was a perfect shot, perfect goal. Um, it really sealed it for Tottenham, but not without a late comeback from West Ham, as I said before. Uh, Xavi Hernandez, again, right place at the right time. Nice little header goal. And Classic. check out Um Beautiful header. Beautiful header from that crossing. Yeah, uh, this kind of this whole comeback, uh, they scored the first one and then uh, Serge Aurier got sent off. And that yeah, that's, was, that's help, the, the, big, the big kind of talking point. You know, one of his... Problems coming into the Spurs lineup was that he has a bit of a temper and he can kind of go have a bit of a rash challenge, which Spurs have a couple of those players. Dalio is another one who has a bit of a temper at times. Um, this was really poor, you know, really really dumb challenge. And I I see you know I see a lot of people and I I'd assume that you does, does it seen, concern you? Mm, yeah, well, this is the first red card we've had for a long, long time. This is you know I can't I could not even tell you last time we had a, a legitimate red card. We should have had about ten red cards when we versed Chelsea a couple of years back, but. Yeah. Ref wasn't too happy, uh, too upset about that. Uh, it's you know, it's something that you know he's going to have to learn. Um, hopefully, hopefully uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I think I speak for everybody when you see your your um, Facebook pages agreeing with a red card. Like you know, I go on Sp- on my Spurs like fan pages on Facebook and that, and there a lot. Most of them are saying, yeah, that was a definite second yellow. And yeah, when that's happening, when your own fans are kind of going, that was dumb. Then it's Probably a- yeah, it's really going to go above and beyond um, reasonable doubt for your own fans to kind of not have you back in those kind of situations. I think like um, most fans are one eyed, whether they admit it or not. Um, and when you see your player get sent off, your first reaction is to defend them and, and defend their actions. But I don't think anyone could really um, argue with the second yellow. It you know. Is it a three-game ban for the second yellow? Uh, no, sec- it's not. The second game should be a one-game ban. Yeah, um, yep, yep, yep. So it's not it's not the worst thing in the world, you know. It's not the best thing in the world. It's either. not the best where Trippier can come in. It's like it's not a ha- it's not a bad replacement. Do, in honesty. Does Trippier probably think to himself that his his opportunities will be um, probably a little bit more um, realistic now that he's playing with Aurea as the number one defender because you know he's. He does have a little bit of a bad reputation for getting these cards, and um, could he? Do you think he could find himself maybe, you know, featuring maybe five or six more games this year because of that? Uh, look, Falls Trippier, as you know, I think you said we've said this a couple of times throughout. You know, some players kind of smell blood in the water when they have that person above them kind of struggling or out of form. As you know, we're saying Bashwai with um Mar- yep. with Murata potentially that obviously hasn't worked out too well so far. Not for him anyway. But um, like, I feel like Trippier would be in a similar situation where he'd kind of be thinking like, if I you know if I put in these big efforts, and I know, you know Spurs fans love Trippier, like they're big, they're big on him. Yeah. And uh, he'll play a lot of cup games. Um, you know, Champions League is this week. He'll he'll definitely get into that squad, I'd assume. Um, yeah, we've got about fucking a, a seven seven players out, nine players out, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's a large number. Yeah, yeah so uh, we're going to be playing a very, very um, stripped-back team. Um, you know, in terms of the comeback itself, it was good to see. Uh, you know, if, if it was a 3-0 win and uh, we were 10 men down, like one man down, it would have been pretty embarrassing for Bilic. Um, yeah, it's like, it's still not good. You never, like, this is, their, this is probably the biggest game for West Ham of the year, playing Spurs, because they don't yep. have any cup finals or anything yep. like that. And uh, for them to kind of give away the first three is pretty disappointing, especially on their home. home turf. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, they're they're kind of at a stage where I feel like they they were kind of starting to believe in themselves and kind of with this home ground and trying to turn it into like a home ground advantage. Yeah, and I think a result like this can kind of you know stagnate that process. I think um to the, uh, I hope that West Ham fans aren't kidding themselves with a couple of results they had because 
to be honest, they've really scraped through the the points that they've got. Like every like the first win against Huddersfield was um, scratchy. It was very scratchy. Like they could have easily lost that game. Like not even just drawn, lost that game. They re- like it really could have gone either way. Um, and and the point they got after that. So you know, I hope West Ham fans weren't thinking too much of you know expecting much from this. Like for me personally, I could like. From the outside looking in, I, I saw the points that they got. I saw how they got them, and I just didn't see them beating Tottenham this week. And I was proven right. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got a more realistic challenge in Swansea next week. I think this is going to be one that you know they need to get another result, and hopefully they can play a better brand of football. I think you know, as I said, the way they got their points have been scrappy at best and not convincing which is what a point the West Ham fans will want to see. So it'll be interesting to see how they go again at the London Stadium against Swansea this week. But um, moving on to another game, um, I don't know what, whether to, like, I don't think this is a bad result for either team, uh, considering where they're sitting on the table right now. But a few draws for both these teams have, have started to build up. And um, I honestly think they're probably going to have to start looking at getting the wins soon. Um, Huddersfield versus Burnley I am talking about it was a nearly all draw um, positive notes clean sheets for both sides another clean <laughs> sheet for Huddersfield which is really like impressive in their defence but not really affecting the score sheet on either side what are your thoughts Nick because I think at the moment it's a it's a it's more than a, it's you know they're happy with that you know they're happy getting the points on the board and 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 they're hanging on to that kind of that top half of the table but they're only hanging on by a thread you know don't forget they are literally three points away from as low as 15th, Burnley and Huddersfield, and they're sitting 8th and 9th at the moment. So, the, you know, as it, as it looks okay at the moment and they look good on paper and they good, look good on the table, then but this could easily turn them into the bottom half of the table, probably deep into the bottom half. Yeah, definitely. They need to. Um, both teams need to start turning draws into wins. So both on three draws at the moment. They um, they've only lost once each, which is pretty. Which you definitely take. Bit, yeah. yeah, which is a pretty great start considering. Uh, it wasn't a necessarily entertaining game. There wasn't really much. You know, keepers didn't really have to do too much either side. Uh, it's something that you know I think both teams need to work on the way the way they go forward, and um, it's something that will hurt them against the uh, the bigger teams and like. Yeah, you say it's a fair result. I think both teams would have gone in hoping that they could kind of snatch a victory here. And so I think, I don't know if either team would really be happy with a draw, considering that towards the end of the year, like, you know, we say this a lot, but like these two could be fighting out. Like these, these are two teams that like, I don't, I don't expect them to stay eighth and ninth throughout the whole season. Oh, I very much doubt that. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yo, Huddlesfield have Spurs this week, which I think, now correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is like the first of the, I guess, like what you'd say, the top six that they've played. Since Huddersfield, the, yeah. So yep. this is their, I'd say, their first big challenges. And I'm really excited to see, I get to see Aaron Moy in the flesh for 90 minutes straight. And yeah, I don't know who to go for. Well, you, you obviously you go for Tottenham. As well, <laughs> like, I love Aaron Moy as well, but I'd love to see Liverpool belt them. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, you're pretty much right, like, um, you know, these two teams have really got to start turning their draws into wins. And, you know, this is what's so hard about the Premier League is the teams normally are so good, they shut each other out a lot of the time. I think that um, to a certain degree, unless, you know, one of the top dogs is playing one of the bottom teams, you know, when these, these so-called bottom sides play each other, um, you know, a lot of them have defensive um, tactics going into most games. So when they play someone on their level, it's it's a lot of a, um, a defensive kind of, you know, fa- face-off. And then 
you know, after a while they probably think, oh god, we could probably win this, and then it, you know, sometimes the the action in these in these type of games don't even happen till like the 60th, 70th minute when. You know, it's all settled and all that kind it's of just stuff. A, it's just kind of like a big feeling out process. And yeah, hundred percent. And they're so used to being on the defensive that they forget to go on the attack. And and if they, like a lot of their attack is counter attack. So, um, yeah, I find that the these games really do get you know lost in translation for a little bit. And also, like when you you know you look ahead, like Huddersfield, as I said, have Tottenham, um, Burnley, have Everton away. Which again, like you know, they'd be looking. That's at a the, tough fixture. They are. They're both tough fixtures, and for them to kind of come off a nil or draw, and you know, smart money would say that they both lose this game. There is obviously a chance that they, that could yep. not happen, but you know, betting wise, you'd say they would lose that, and then you kind of go, you might have to rue that game and kind of be like, we could have been a win and a draw, like win and a loss, and that's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, three points from two games isn't too bad, but one point from two games isn't too good. Yep. Yeah. Exactly right. Um, moving on to a, a result. I think this has settled the nerves a little bit down at Goodison Park. Um, has gotta, it? Yeah, a little bit. I think like they need to win a game. And don't forget, as we said, they've played the hard teams now. Yep. You know what I mean? So going to uh, hosting Bournemouth, sorry, um, coming to Goodison Park, you know they really need to get the results today uh, this weekend. And I think they, you know, they got the job done. Not before an early scare, um, a great solo goal by Josh King. Great, uh, great goal. So I think that's his first goal for the season as it, well. I think is, it is too. Which is a great way to kick it off because that was complete quality. Right? I think um, everyone enjoys the goals that where guys just take the game on. And and what he did was he, he, he just kind of cut in on his right, kept running, kept running, kept running. And, and sh- when he got to a reasonable distance, he shot um, bottom left-hand corner. Um, it, even Pickford couldn't oh, stop this one. Well, yeah, it came off the bar as well. Uh, there's something, as I think you said this before the show, but there's something incredibly satisfying is about seeing a slow motion replay of a ball going under a guy's le- a defender's yeah. legs trying to slide tackle. It's just very, very cool. And you know how little of a chance a goalie has of stopping it, especially when yeah. that happens. Um, yeah, this was a fantastic goal. And, you know, for a lot of the game, Bournemouth like, looked like they could actually take care of this and kind yeah. of finish it up. Um, yeah, Everton, I feel like they may have gotten a little bit lucky. They had a bit of a five minutes, you know, like not a five minutes. Yeah, a five minutes spurred. But like they, you know, they did the damage in all five minutes. And, you know, as I said, like, I don't know if this would calm the nerves or maybe it would just kind of be like, you know what, we'll just put this behind us and we'll move forward. Because I don't know if you can take a hell of a lot out of this. Besides, of course, the goal scorer. Yeah, oh, and the Assy scores too in, 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 you know, six or seven minutes. And, you know, it's good to see him get on the score sheet. He's been pretty quiet down there since he started and, um, you know, it's good to see that he took the game in his own hands and, and literally won Everton the game for him. So um, his first goal was very good, going onto his right and just, you know, putting into that top right-hand corner on the run kind of thing. Coming, so, off, coming off the bench as well. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. Um, you want to come on and make an impact. And, um, yeah, he's definitely done well here. Um, the second goal was crossing <laughs> your initial header um, almost... Well, I think it went in. I think uh, it crossed the line. It crossed the line, but it, it did get tapped out by the goalkeeper, but he made sure of it the second time and, and belted it in. One of the scrappier goals you'll see. I wonder how close that would have been to the... You know, obviously, it would have been reviewed, but it'd be, it would have been nice to see how, you know, if that actually did go over that line, that first header goal, because... Um, I would love the controversy. If it, yeah, if it would it have been, there would have been plenty behind it, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, if it got cleared off and then they had to get the big scramble, the, the ref's trying to work out what's going what's on. What's going on kind of thing. You know, one guy celebrating, one keeper saying it didn't go in and... Um, you look at all those factors and you think, oh, you know, 
it's good, but you know, he made sure of it in the end. Yeah, um, like Everton will go away as you know. I think we both agree they just they'd be happy with the result and they just try and move on and try and put back to back, and that's what they need to do because they are that. Unfortunately, with the way they they've been fixtured, they are playing catch up now for a lot more from basically the rest of the season. Yeah, but in, in saying that too, like you know, they won't they won't have these nasty surprises in the middle of like a run of you know three or four games. They're going to have three or four games now that they they think they should be like. I think they got Liverpool. I think the only other the other team that's probably in there at some stage that you know will probably big, big probably, derby. Yeah, that'll be a big derby this year. Um, I still think that Liverpool have the strongest squad, but um, they looked very odd. Their squad this yeah. week looked a bit different. Um, Everton, but I, I I like the way their bench looks. It looks they have a lot of potential in their squad, and that's yeah, the thing that they have. As, I think, as you said too, like they're just missing that main man up front. Yeah, they they should have got Costa, but they you know he's he's obviously he's on his way out. He's gone to Atletico. Um, you know, I, Bournemouth would be absolutely ruining this. They should have they should have at least picked up a point. They'd be like to say in the seventy fifth minute that they were going to get done. They'd be laughing at you, like yeah. you know. So uh, you know, Bournemouth is sitting in relegation at the moment, and it's not good for the boys in Bournemouth. Unfortunately, they're sitting with West Ham, of course, as well. So yeah, like, it's a it's it's a, a season where I think that they've not got ahead of themselves, but maybe got a little bit too comfortable, maybe to a degree. Maybe yeah, and like the unfortunate thing is that the um the table is really taking shape at the moment. Mm. The um the tops the top seven has the top six teams in it. There's the top five, and then there's Watford and then Arsenal. So it's already starting to take shape, and yep. that unfortunately for any other team, that basically is saying that we you know there's not going to be another Leicester season where people, a bunch of the good teams are having down seasons or you know they're dropping points everywhere. Like this seems like a year. It's, it's going to be a year where a big club's going to do it. Yeah, and it doesn't look like any of the other clubs are really going to lay down and let you take take over or take that sixth spot. No, I don't think so either. Um, you know, after Arsenal's probably sh- you know poor. Poor starts of the season. That you know they strung a couple of results together, and uh, Watford are holding in on there, but they're only one point. Well, they're they're on the same amount of points as Liverpool in saying that. But well, um, Watford lost it. They've lost one game, but they've got a minus one goal difference. They've yeah, won three. Which, is, which is funny. Is that because of that, that? Because of the Manchester yeah, City, City game. debacle? Well, maybe, you know, talking about Manchester City, we'll, we'll talk about their five 0 thrashing of Crystal Palace and uh, Roy Hodgson's got two games to go before he gets the sack. Um, <laughs> you know. We, is there much we can say? Like, how much credit uh, do we give City? How much do we kind of go Palace that poor? Like, is it was there much Palace could do here? This is a very tough fixture. Um, considering the circumstances as well, there's always something you can do. Like, there's eleven <laughs> guys and eleven guys on the pitch, you know. So I, I feel like there's always, you know, there's always a, a way to win. Oh, sorry, a way to draw. You know, something like that. Um, the one thing I will mention is that. Sane and Sterling are really starting to take shape in this team. Um, Sane is just looking unbelievable, isn't he? I think they're both looking pretty good. Yeah. I think Sterling's really he's starting to find the net. Yeah, you know, scored two goals within ten minutes, and and really after the Sane Sane's goal, um, City scored every ten minutes, and that's a scary thing. I think um, I don't know if it's more concerning for Palace or more of a triumph for City. I think it's more concerning for Palace that. Once they got the first one, it literally like they rolled over and died. Like what? they literally like I'm talking forty fourth minutes, fifty first minute, fifty ninth minute, seventy ninth minute, eighty ninth <laughs> minute. Like, well, to, to Palace's kind of defence, it a little bit. They hit the they hit the bar twice. 
Yeah. And yeah, this is a team who still haven't scored. And for them to hit the bar twice must be demoralising. When, when do you think they're going to score? Because uh, I don't like they've got United this week. What month were you now? September, <laughs> at the end of September, uh, November. They'll start scoring. <laughs> they'll, they'll score next week. This week against Man United, easy mate. Come on, you always have faith. They hit the bar twice against City, so they have. Bill Jones in career best form. They don't have. They have David De Gea. <laughs> Yeah, the hey, greatest goalkeeper in the world. But you know, there's always a chance. And I, you know, every every week, I give every team a chance to score. Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, there's always a chance of it happening. And yeah, I feel like no Palace, Palace. I feel like well, I feel Palace have you know if they have taken their chances earlier in the season, they could have probably five or six goals to their name. They've they've squandered so many big chances. And the problem is with Palace is that they conceded eight to ten big big chances this game. Like really big way, and that's the problem. Like you know, they're they're, concede, they're conceding chances like nobody's business, yeah. and it's very very disappointing to see. And it's something that they are never going to beat a team if they keep doing this. Yeah, well, and that's the thing too. Like I think we can both agree that the light at the end of the tunnel is no near. Like yeah, you know champion, I mean? championship. Yeah, <laughs> is that a light at the end of the tunnel? But like, <laughs> nah, it's not. Well, you're looking at the teams that we would, you know. Of previous seasons, there's always been one that we've made fun of, saying that, that you know they're absolutely hopeless. From Aston Villa to Sunderland, you know yeah. all those teams way back to Derby County back in the day. This they these guys are possibly worse. Yeah, it's like, it's... like the Aston Villa season, they won the first game. Sunderland, they won. You know they had Jermaine Defoe scoring for them. You know most weeks, these guys literally look like they could be the worst of the lot. Well, when you like, and it's funny because like you have a Ben Tekka, you have Loftus Cheek, you have Townsend, and Sacco at the back. Like you have, there are some decent players. Yeah. Close to half your squad's pretty good. You got to have Zaha come in whenever he gets, whenever he's fit to come back. And like the squad itself on paper, same with last year, looked really decent. And I think a lot of fans were expecting last season for a top half finish. And you know, you look at uh at, you look at them now, and it's just kind of like I'm not even surprised now. Like even though we made our predictions at the start of the season, and we didn't necessarily uh, put them too high, but I put them out. I didn't put them in relegation. I'm not surprised that they're in deposition right now, really. Yeah, and if you look at the, like the clubs that the, these guys like Ben Teke, um, Loftus Cheek, um, Kabai, Fraser Menzo, um, Sako have been like that's Liverpool, Manchester United. Uh, PSG, yeah. you know These Liverpool again. Big clubs, Towson's oh, played for Newcastle. These clubs played for some big, you know, big teams before. Scott Dan's in the back there. These are established like professionals. Schlup was part of that Leicester side that won the, the title. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like these guys are, you know, genuine footballers. They're not kind of footballers <laughs> that you've, you'd associate with a team that's lost every single game and conceded thirteen goals. You know, um, they've got to group up together and really start to go, you know, what's going on here and how do we fix it? Because on paper, they're just as good as anyone. They're better than most of the teams that are they're fighting against at the bottom. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, as on paper, I think I'd probably rate them around probably the, I'd say, the 15th or 14th probably best team. I'd say paper. they're probably better. Yeah, like, that's like, what I mean. Like, that's... like, if you put them against Southampton's squad, I'd say that's better than Southampton. Ooh. That's a big. That's a big call. Southampton. Have when you look good. at the pedigree from the players of the yeah, like they have, they have a lot of um. Yeah, they've come from big clubs. All right, all right I'll like put it, I'll put these this question to you. Yes. All right. So Bournemouth, are they better? Um, on paper, I think. On paper, we're talking about paper right now. Um, I think they're bang on par with Bournemouth. Bang on, no, they're better than Bournemouth. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say bang on par. Okay, I think they're better than all the teams who have come up. Swansea, Swansea, I think they're better than Brighton. Yeah, all the teams have come yeah, up. All right, yeah. West Brom, Albert. Uh, West Brom, 
No, nah, I think West Brom are better. I think they. I think really? they. Oh, yeah, I think their team. Well, if if they're better than four teams, and they're around that 15th, 16th margin, and that's. I think that's where they rate. Like, um, they're not far off at all. And uh, you know, the, Burnley. They're better than Burnley. Yeah, on paper. Watford. Mm, I did until you decided to convince me that day about how good they. I still Burnley think they're was. better than Watford. I honestly think they're better than Watford, Burnley, Newcastle, Southampton, West Brom, Brighton. Swansea. I reckon Mate, they're, they're on par they're, with Stoke. They're about to make Europa, according to you on paper. <laughs> better than Arsenal. But, like, it's, but that says a lot, isn't it? Because like you just looked at that team there and just kind of like, how is this happening? Like, yeah. how, how could this... Like, where are they going to turn this around? What do you think? Is, it, is Well, at the end of the day, they've got the cattle. That's the thing too. I think the difference between Aston Villa and... and um, Sunderland and, and these other teams that they they had no cattle that you know Sunderland had uh, um, Jermaine Defoe that was it yeah that's all they had um, for, it must be the Van Arnold curse because he's in um, that Palace team at the moment but he's a de- he was a decent player but I, like you know you looked at the Aston Villa side and Aston Villa had Ben Teco yeah there you go actually no they didn't have him that season they went shit no it wasn't that they, yeah they got really just stayed to come in yeah. from um, Blackburn. So it's not like they didn't have any absolute stars, but yeah. So they had nothing, but that—that's what I mean. Like this team has something. Th- yeah, these these this team actually has some players. Like them them teams with no hope. You know, after a while you go, who's going to play? Who's going to play for them? Who can play? None of them. I think Sunderland's front line was, you know, besides the throw was Fabio Barini. Exactly. Well, he did AC Milan. And unfortunately, you know, they've got <laughs> they're going old Trafford to face United, and it's just it's like, just going to be hell. It's it? just worse. It's going from bad to worse. But we'll move on to United. Uh, getting on, getting the one nil victory over Southampton wasn't as convincing as what we both were expecting. Yeah, Southampton definitely put up a fight. They're just lacking a bit of firepower, I'd say, up front. Yeah, they are a little bit, and you know, they got Shane Long and a couple others up front. You know, Nathan Redmond's playing right up on the on the wing and all that kind of thing there. But um, you know, this is a game that could have been a draw easily. Um, you look at Lukaku's goal, and you think, what a great save by Fraser Foster. <sighs> what a fantastic save. The first save. touch, the first save was brilliant. Um, I, I can't really put blame on the defenders because it was such a reaction time kind of thing. Yeah. And the ball come, kind of comes straight back at Lukaku. Which yeah, is, I, I, do, I, I do, do say that, you know, there would be occasions where it could get cleared, but it's very much a flip of a coin yeah. kind of scenario. And it was, it was basically, it was as good of a save. It was almost like a palm down back to him. It's like a train injury. Exactly right. But um, he used his body well. He kind of bullied his way back to the ball and, you know, smashed it in the back of the head and made sure of it. This guy was on fire, isn't he? Like at the moment, um, we're talking about Lukaku scoring and how, you know, Chelsea missed out. But credit to Lukaku and Murata, they're really pretty, like, you know, I sometimes wonder if Murata went to United and Lukaku went to Chelsea, if they had worked out as good at the moment. Yeah. Like, you like, know what I mean? Like, imagine if the tables would turn, you know. Um, it'd be interesting to see. But, you know, United, they get the result again. And, and that's all they care about. I think they don't need to win big at this stage. You know, like, I could honestly see this end of the season coming up and these two you know, winning on one of them winning on goal difference, but for now it's about the three points and it's about getting the win. And um, you know, they had a fought, they did a half fought win for the first time this year. I reckon every other victory I think has been pretty cruisy. Uh, not to see Southampton defending in the last ten minutes, unlike every other team United's played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, they they dominated yeah. a lot of the possession here. They had much more. I think they had something that was like 60, 60 40 kind of possession way. Yeah. So they, you know, they had the ball. It's and United are a team who really like to hog possession. They like yep. to kind of strangle you that way. 
And usually they're so, they're so good on the ball that no one could take it off them. So they kind of found a way through that kind of system. It wasn't like... It was just kind of like a half chance that they, they took. Like in all honesty, Lukaku goal. It was, a, it was a chance that kind of, you know, a bit of luck happened. But, you know, you need a bit of luck for most goals, really, in the Premier League. Yeah, exactly um, right. And, you know, they just, you know, they could never create that kind of thing. I was just saying, um, Lukaku's currently uh, equal on top of the golden boot. There are some absolute quality at the top of the table right now. We've got Aguero on six. Yeah. We've got Lukaku on six. Murata yep. on six. Then we've got Sterling and Vardy on five each. And then Gabriel Jesus and Kane and Lacazette and Salah on four. And there's three Manchester yeah, City. Yeah, I was going to say, look at the Man City, like, look at that firepower. And, you know, it's just, and I reckon Sane wouldn't be too far away from them. So, well, Sane's on. Uh, He'd be on three or four? Yeah, he's on three. Yeah, he's on three at the moment. So. It's like in four. Nah, anyway. It's just like. Also, yeah, and he's like, and he's like a bench player, like coming on. So. Yeah, we'll say it was Sterling. Yeah, and it's it just shows kind of the absolute firepower that they have. Um, Lukaku's obviously started off fantastically. Um, yep. Yeah, I, not much really to say about this one, especially with United now basically guaranteed to win against Palace next week. Do you put money on it? I, I don't put money on. I don't put money on sure things. It's too. There's no money to be won. In well, if you put a hundred bucks on it, hundred bucks on a dollar twelve, I'd win. 12 bucks. bucks. <laughs> Did you think about that for a minute? Though? I was like, I was a shit. <laughs> it's been a long day, Mickey. <laughs> it has been a long day. Move, we'll that. move on to uh, the cold night in Stoke, which wasn't too cold, really, for our... Not for Chelsea, not anyway. For Mar- it was pretty cold for, for Stoke. Yeah. Um, good to see this guy kicking a goal with his feet for once. So I was wondering if that was ever going to happen. Yeah, mate, he, he shut every, I think every week that we say something about Murata, he just the next week, he I, he listens. He's an avid listener. He keeps on yeah. messaging me saying, stop talking shit. Yeah. And he, uh, and he's just I was like, you know, 77, what? not 70. <laughs> yeah. And it was, you know, he's come out and he's caught three goals all with the boot. And like, it just kind of shuts us up, doesn't it? Cause like, it just yeah, it seemed does. like he was only good in the air and he went missing on the ground. And then, yeah, granted he had a couple of very nice balls coming his way too. That second goal, but the second goal was delightful. He, he, it was another yeah. one that took the game one kind of thing. And, um, he had the ball by midway through, um, his attacking half and took two defenders on. Beat Fletcher, who was looked every bit of his mid thirties um, age, didn't he? He looked Sunday league. He looked really, really poor. Really, so um, their first goal was while but it was a very of... great ball. Ball, the finish was really nice. Yeah, and the third goal was an absolute cheapie. I would have backed myself in to get that. Yep, but but you're gonna be happy with that hat trick. Um, you know, Chelsea fans must be happy with um, having Murata at the moment. I don't know. What... Really, I think they would have changed their tune from the start of the season because everyone was questioning his ability and. Um... You know, he's proved to be... Oh, Jesus, what a player. Yeah, I'm, I like... That, that dink... The dink shot in the second goal was just... Yeah, that was fantastic. Cool, calm, collected, and... Yeah, God, he looks good. You can't give him that much room, especially, like... No. It's, it was. It was very indicative of how slow Fletcher was. Um, Pedro's finish was fantastic as yeah, well. Was Chelsea sure. just... I was going to say, we almost forgot about the Pedro. Yeah, the, the Pedro goal was great. Like, well, that was, was, uh, was a, a, a Darren Fletcher back pass or miss pass as well that led on to that one, so... There you go. Maybe he, he might have a little bit to look for himself. Um, a result which was very good for Watford. Swansea would be absolutely shattered, and it was a 2-1 loss at their Liberty Stadium. Um, you know, Andre Gray scores his first goal for Watford. Um, Teddy Abraham, you know, he gets one back. Wilford Boney having the shot blocked and then he running onto it. I still cannot stand Wilford Boney with number two on his back of his shirt. 
You're a striker. That should never happen. It's the worst <laughs> since Kone for Everton. Everton, he wore two for a while. Yep. That infuriated me just as much. Um, Richarlison scores the winner with 90 minutes. Um, messy goal. Messy goal. Kind of shot like the ball was almost kicked into the fender and, and he just kept running and it was it was poor defending and, you know, that cost his team three points. It's uh, At know, least a point, Watford, Watford really are uh, something that they do have that bit of power coming off the bench. They brought they brought off uh, Troy Deeney and Pereira off the bench. There, yeah. like you know, last year, they were probably their two best players. Well, weren't Pereira they? straight from Juventus, and exactly. He was their biggest signing. Yeah, he's, for a while. he's a fantastic ultimate team boy for FIFA. Which you know, by a, the time, he's very good actually. By the time next uh, the next episode comes around, Mickey will be able to tell you or all about the FIFA. Thursday, I think it's Friday. Might be Thursday. I don't know. On a, on a public holiday. Public, <laughs> don't don't get me started. Mickey. Uh, but yeah, it, it's you know ninety minute goal. It was a very ugly goal, but. You know, have to have to get rid of it. Have to um, have to put it away, and that's what he does. Um, you know, Swansea would be absolutely kicking themselves. You know, this is a game that they need. They need to take points from this. They need to like you know, especially at home. Yep. Watford like while they got themselves into the game too. Yeah, exactly. Too, um, after a poor start. Yeah, it's just something that's just criminally. It's just gonna. It's gonna bite them. It's gonna bite them towards the end of the season. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know. As you said, these are the points they can't drop. I think Abraham... Have they got Abraham on a, on a permanent? I Yes, I'm pretty sure he does, yeah. Because he was from Chelsea, wasn't he? I think maybe, or one of the clubs, one of the top clubs. I didn't know too much about him before this year. Yeah. He's really become, you know, one of Swansea's probably uh, shining lights in this year so far. And, you know, even with the inclusion of, of Wilfred Boney, um, he, he seems to be getting the goals. And he's quick, he's agile, you know... He, He's everywhere at the moment, and I think he's going to be one of the men that keep him up if they are to survive. Um, Richard, as I said, Charleston, we're a bit of a fan of him. He, he yeah, scores, big fan. He scores again, and um, you know, Watford continue on. Their Watford, merry yeah, way. well, they they move on, don't they? And you know, I did give him a little bit of a dark horse kind of thing this year, and they're sitting six, on probably a bit more than I thought. Yeah. Um, when I was talking him up, and uh, yeah, Swansea, I I think I put in the relegation zone at the start of the season, and yeah, they're starting to kind of creep down. Sh- yeah, they're kind of starting to fall back down after a kind of a solid start to the season. Yeah, it's it is early days, and like as but as we said, the sh- the table is starting to kind of take shape. So you know, if it is starting to take shape, you got to make sure you're on the uh, the right side of the relegation yep. drop. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, moving into a result that pleased me. Um, a great deal since we did lose this team in midweek in the, I can't even pronounce it, Cabo Cup or whatever you call, I, call I it now. I, I swear they changed the name every year. I don't um, Liverpool 3, Leicester 2. Um, Salah, Coutinho linking up very well. Coutinho's back with a bang, um, an assist and a goal. And Jordan Henderson finished it off. Not without a late scare again from Akazaki and Vardy. The same old victim, uh, villains <laughs> in the Liverpool camp. Um, Vardis was again. Um, what do you think about this game, Nick? I think, me personally, I'm just happy to get the result. I think we always seem to just not have a great one against Leicester. Um, I feel like ever since that Vardy goal, that you know, in the year mm-hmm. they won the Premier League, I've just never liked playing them, and I was just glad to get the three points today. This is always a tough game going with the King, the King Power and uh, beating Leicester because they always you just never know what they're going to kind of put up. Yeah. And like I said this last year, and then we ended up beating I think like six one or something like that. Like that was the second last day of the Premier League. They kind of parked the like they kind of gave it up by then. But I I was going into that game a bit worried about where the hell we're going to end up because we were still probably going to finish below Arsenal at that stage. Um, but you know this uh, I was really impressed with Salah's um, goal. I thought that you know the ball by Coutinho was good, 
I thought the finish was unbelievable because I I really like watching it live and watching just or and watching the replay. I just you just didn't think he had a chance at it. Yeah, and, he just got yeah, that, maybe could have done better in goal. It wasn't yeah. like I don't know. It just seems like you know you had such a small space to cover. I think he could have done a little bit better, but yeah, that's I guess you know. Split second, you can only kind of judge too much, especially when yeah. you're, especially when you're that close. Uh, Coutinho's free kick was class. That was a really nice one. Um, you know, again, I you know, goalkeeping was can't really blame him too much on this, on the free kick. What do you reckon about the Henderson one? Do you think that uh, could have done better, or do you think you just uh, Henderson just took it? Nicely? No, I think I think Henderson was cool, calm, and collected. Yep. You know, don't forget it went over a defender's leg. Yeah, it did. Um, it could have gone anywhere if he hit that. You know. Keepers get a, a bit of stick for these kind of situations, but to be honest, Henderson was left by himself. Yeah, he was. You know what I mean? It anchors. really was a one-on-one. Schmeichel had to make you know, a decision where to go, and it really becomes a guess. You know, So for me, I don't ever blame the goalkeeper in that situation. I will blame Mignolet. Oh, yeah, for uh, Okazaki's goal. Yeah, he's, he's just <laughs> like, I just have to pause sometimes because it, it frustrates me so much. That we can let Okazaki score with his head again. It was, yeah, he came Oh, out. no, sorry, not with his head, sorry, but but just was like, <laughs> you know what I mean. You've lost the plot. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. It was something that, you know, it was like, again, watching the replay and you could kind of, you're kind of going, he's not getting there. Even live, I kind of watched it and went, he's not going to get there. Yeah. And it just, you know, unfortunately when it does, when it, you're not going to smash it out, it can rebound anywhere. And that's what happens. And, you know, the Vardy goal, like, Perfect poacher's goal with that one. You know, yeah, can't can't blame his striker for putting that away. And uh, that what actually was with the head. Yeah, that one. That one <laughs> was with the head. There you I go. Got him, yeah. um, must be happy with the result for Liverpool. Kind of gets him a little bit back on track. Yeah, it um, does. Yeah, this is. It's kind of like I don't know Liverpool, and it seems like Liverpool and Spurs are in kind of similar positions. Kind of like we don't know what to think about how we're doing right we now. We have a good week, we have a bad week, and it's it's really yeah. just a yo-yo effect, isn't it? Yeah, and like even like you know this week we're kind of we both won, but we're not. For some reason, we're not really that convinced. We were, we were no, that, neither it, team was convincing with their win. No, exactly right. And I think the thing is too, we've we've gone to the stage where um, us as you know supporters of these clubs, we know what the best is for my club is, and we know what the worst is. And when we see results like this, where it doesn't really um, emphasise what we can and what we're good at, and and we know when we te- our teams play well. I don't think our teams have necessarily played. We've played well at times. In the game and patches, yeah, you have. I don't. I wouldn't say it's it's a good performance. I, I, actually, it is. It's a good performance, and that's about all I would say. Like, it's it didn't wow me. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't, I didn't go back and go, God, we played good today. It was just kind of like, yeah, we, we we got the job done. I'm more excited for next week's game. I think Newcastle Liverpool is a cracking fixture. It usually is. It always is. Yeah. yeah, it's something that like I really do. It's one of those fixtures just from old school when I first started watching it was just one of those real fiery ones that could really go either way yeah exactly right and um, Rafa Bernandez will be managing against Liverpool which will be you know a nice little uh, reunion um, he's probably glad that Steven Gerrard isn't playing for Liverpool because he used to tear them apart every time I swear my life he was <laughs> unbelievable against Newcastle always was um, definitely at St James's Park where it is held on the weekend um, they weren't at St James's Park this weekend Nick and they actually had a loss. They lost to Brighton 1-0. I thought they were in form. It kind of went away from them this week. Um, Hamed scores again for Brighton. You know, he seems to be their, their, their number one go-to man to find the back of the net. You know, this is a really good result for Brighton. I think it's a real frustrating result for Newcastle, seeing that they'd won through in the trot and they'd really turned their season around because they're looking really bad at the start. And then, 
you know, they have three great results, and I think this is another one that should have really propelled them to, you know, they'd be sitting at fourth right now if they had that win. Yeah, uh, this is, you know, they dominated a lot of the game. They had probably the better chances of it. And uh, again, it's all about when when a half chance or an opportunity comes in. And I thought their free kick and their, that play, I, I don't think that's a training jewel plan, to be fair, no. but I thought that was really well worked. It was a really impressive goal, actually, to look at. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. And, you know, Brighton are really, they're, they're holding their own, aren't they? Like, you know, when you come into the start of the season, you probably think, you know, they were probably the favourites out of all of them, them and Huddersfield to really just shoot straight back down. But yeah. um, with them and Huddersfield, and, you know, as we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, we, we, were, we were a little bit worried for them because they, you know, Huddersfield started so well, Brighton hadn't started so well, and, you know, they you couldn't, couldn't help but comp- Yeah, you couldn't help but compare the two. Now they've found the net, they've found it, you know, they're starting to find it, you know, most weeks now, um, and now they're changing, you know, the for- the fortunes have turned, you know. They're they're turning into a um an established club, and you know for them to only take six games to find their feet, I think is a really good achievement. You know, they're only two points behind Huddersfield or eighth, so let's yeah. just not forget that. Yeah, and- exactly. And they've also you know they've got a tough week coming up. They're going to go Arsenal away, which is always a tough fixture, but. I yeah you know, I, I agree. I think I think that, if it's the time to beat Arsenal, it's probably now anyway. Yeah, like I, yeah, you could definitely catch them off guard. Arsenal are a team who do take teams lightly sometimes, especially at home. Yep. And um, I feel like you know Brighton are a team who, if they can continue this run a little bit more and gain some like you know just cheap little points here and there, or even a point this week would be fantastic for them. You know they can really try and kind of establish themselves in that kind of mid to lower table before it gets to that kind of critical point in the season where they have to make points because they already have them. Yeah, well, it's you know the the forty point mark is the critical you know area um, that most teams feel that they're safe. Um, I think after six games, seven points. I know they you know they've had a couple of losses at the start, but they're on their way. Yeah, they're finding their feet. We'll move on to the last game of the uh, week. Uh, Arsenal with Lacazette and having the e- easiest brace of all time, winning two nil over West Brom. Uh, West Brom had their chances here. You know, we were watching a really fantastic goal line clearance uh, just before by uh, Nacho Monreal. Yeah, and it really was good. But I think the main talking point was the Jay Rodriguez um, penalty or lack of being called. Um, yep. the, re- the ref didn't call it. He was dragged down. I think what's raised the biggest debate is the fact that Rodriguez got back up. You know, so he got dragged down into the box. Clear penalty. Um... I can't remember the old ref's name, Muniz or something. That I wouldn't know. Oh, I think it is. Guy. But I think he's, he's got a bit of a bad re- reputation of making these kind of bad calls. Okay. Now, Rodriguez is taken down there, and every replay shows it. And even in one of the replays, you can see the ref running behind him, clear vision. Now, he's taken down, and to Rodriguez, I think this is to Rodriguez's credit. He hasn't rolled around the ground. He hasn't appealed for a penalty. He stumbled kind of back up. And he's taken the shot. He's hit the post in the end, and he got cleared away. And um, the the disappointing thing is the penalty wasn't called. Now, as I said, you look at any replay. Um, I think it is Konchesky or even Monreal, even Koscielny. Uh no, no, it wasn't. It was Mustafi. Okay, yeah, yeah. Who, but he, he he nicked him. He clearly nicked him. It was a penalty. Um, you see Rodriguez, you know, kind of trip over himself a little bit, and he falls over, kind of falls on his knees. Yep. Um, so it's basically a, a situation where if he goes down and he, he stays down, for it, it's he, a penalty. It's, it's a penalty. But because he wants, you know, he's hungry for the ball 
and he wants to, you know, he wants to finish it off, or he, you know, that's just the way maybe he's brought up to play. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunately it's, come to bite bite him and the team in the ass. Well, it really has in the end, and um, you know, listening to a few other opinions of it, it, it does divide opinion. Where um, I was hearing t- Tony Pulis even talk about it after the game. At the end of the day, it's a penalty. Whether he he rolls on the ground or he kind of gets back up again, he, the legs are clipped. He trips over. He does doesn't get any of the ball. It's a penalty, whether he gets up or not. And I, I totally agree with it. I think as soon as he's clipped his leg and he's kind of you know done that trip over, it's it's the whistle's blown straight away and it's put into the stop spot. Um, you know, Arsene Wenger had a different view. Whether he said he had a shot, he took his shot away, and and that and then that from then on it's play on. But um, I know from you know anyone else's perspective, I think that as soon as he goes down, um, he shouldn't even it shouldn't have even taken that long for him to get back up. You, you should, that you know that time between him you know getting back up and shooting shouldn't even happen because it would have should have been already been called to the spot. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. And like, you know, I haven't. I know you've seen this a lot more. You're kind of t- messaging me today about it. Um, I haven't like I've only seen a couple of replays, and even from the live the live shot, it looked like a penalty. And that's the yeah. thing. I'm like. It's it is one of those kind of grey areas. You see players like um, like Aguero and that who will go down for those. Suarez is the perfect one at that. Who'll go down at any touch to try and you know yeah to win the penalty to win the penalty. And then you see somebody who does like goes doesn't go down uh, by his own accord. Goes down by somebody basically nicking him or tripping him up. And he tries to keep his feet to try and you know keep going at the ball. And that's what it ends up hurting him. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah, it, that just shows a bit, doesn't it? It shows a bit where like, and it makes it, it does make it a lot harder for the rest to call it when it, it kind of a guy kind of you could argue that the ref would think that he's just tripped on his own feet. Yeah, exactly right. And I was listening to Jason Cundy this morning, and and he was saying that um, a season, you know, striker like Aguero would know to stay down and roll yeah. around. And does do you? And and that was his argument that. You know that if he was smarter, he would have played for the free. And he's saying, and he almost suggesting that, you know, that's what he should have done. And I'm like, do you really want to promote that kind of side of the game? Don't you want, you know, the player to have eyes for the ball and, and be willing to get up and not and not play cry wolf, as you would say. Yeah. You know, what I mean, like the penalty was there; it should have been given. It, it shouldn't have been a matter whether he rolled on the ground, you know, crying or got up and tried to score. I think we're missing the point that. You know, the, at the very least, the penalty was there. You call it no matter what happens after that. And, you know, it's going to be one of those things where he's probably going to look at it in the air and go, I regret doing that because I, I cost my team a penalty. With the, you know what I mean? And, and that's the, not going to help the reputation. What was the scoreline at that time? Sorry, was it 2-0 at the time? Or? I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, so... Um, it was in the second half, I know that. So there is, um, like... and I do Possibly 1-0 down, I think. I do agree with the thing, like, yo... A more experienced player knows what to do in those situations. Yeah. And but some people are drilled different ways to the point where they just naturally try and get up, and they just because they want the ball. And that yeah, it is a di- different situation, unfortunately. Um, other than that, you know, the um, Arsenal looks decent here. Xhaka looks. I'm telling every week, I'm going to say this: Xhaka is shit. Xhaka needs to go. I goes like, back to Basel. Oh, it, like I. Or even Arsenal fans don't like him. Like Arsenal fans are really getting sick of him. He costs like thirty mil or close to thirty four. Thirty four mil. That's like that's ridiculous considering. And that was that was before inflation. Yeah. <laughs> before the inflation of this season, and I just don't you know I don't see where his value is at the moment. And I like you're lucky that he's lucky that they really don't have any centre mids because if they did, he wouldn't be playing. Yeah. No. Fair enough. We got you know you got Ramsey playing more of an attacking kind of role now, and that's probably where. Um, Chaka's really, you know, 
got a chance to play, you know, in that deeper role. But, you know, they'll probably have to be um, addressed soon. And for him, it could be as early as January. So, you know, he's on his last legs, Jacker. But anyway, um, what do you reckon, Nick, have a break and we'll come back with Facebook's finest and, and all of the rest? Yeah, we'll come back. We'll talk Facebook's finals. We'll talk about the Champions League, and we'll look ahead to Week Seven of the Premier League season. And back with a segment that I'm failing miserably uh, <laughs> most recently at the moment is Facebook's finest. Uh, you know. Or, we take a uh, seat back and and have a laugh at the keyboard warriors at the at the world of the internet and never ceases to amaze us um, the things that people say. Nick, I'm going to let you start since you've got the more material this week. I, I feel like I'm letting the team down a fair bit these last I, I probably feel, last month. Yeah, I, I can't remember the last time you came in with like you know more more kind of efforts than me. Yeah, it's very very disappointing considering you were the guy who wanted to make this a full segment. And uh, I'll, I'll get straight into it. This is more of a player fault. There was a, a great photo with um, Mark Noble from West Ham taking a photo with uh, a pl- with a guy um, you know, of Asian descent, obviously. And, oh, yeah, I did see and the, ca- the caption saying, all the way from China with two thumbs up. And then Lee Sung-ho, the guy from the photo, comments saying, I'm South Korean, not Chinese. <laughs> 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 I feel like Mark Noble would have felt a bit embarrassed about that. Yeah, and, um, you know, he's probably uh, just trying to be polite and he's insulted the man great deal. So, <laughs> good on you, Mark Noble. Is that is that a West Ham supporter? Yeah, yeah. Is he West- out on loan at another club at, at the moment? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, no, I'm thinking of someone else. Yeah, you're thinking of someone else. Come on. Um, sorry, so back... During the week, um, the Istanbul Derby happened, and um, <laughs> what a game it was! Oh, let, let let me just tell you the numbers, Nick. Give it to me, mate. Eleven yellow cards. Eleven yellow cards. Eleven. Yep. How many red cards, do you reckon? Two. Five. Five. <laughs> uh, so Twenty-two five. So it's almost a quarter or a fifth of the players. Who uh? Who won? Um, try, try and pronounce the team name I just want to get you going at that. Oh, This is going to be hard uh, Fidabake won uh, and, who, and who scored the winner? Uh, oh, Victor Jansen Vincent Jansen Your boy On loan <laughs> On loan from Spurs How does that feel? He's probably scored one more goal Than he did at Spurs Yeah, exactly I, I haven't seen the goal So you know, it might have just been Cheap each little penalty But that, I thought that Yeah, that's, so, a, that's a lot I'll of cards t- I'll tell you the, the numbers and the, and, the, and the yellow cards And the red cards As it happened Yeah, give it to me um, Now I can't even say this name This is for uh, Beskis Yeah 23rd minute Ozekiok Yep Ozekiok I think I don't, even, I don't uh, know how to pronounce. Are you going to try and pronounce every name here? Uh, they're not all as bad as that. <laughs> okay, we'll go. so um, Hutchison got one at 36 minutes. The Kuzma got one at 41, a yellow card. Then he was red carded at 43. <laughs> Tozic um, was yellow carded at 78. Hutchison was re- uh, red carded straight at 85. Ooh. Ryan Babel was re- yellow carded at 90. So was uh, Alvaro Negredo, and Ozikut was red carded again at 90. <laughs> Um, Vincent Jansen was uh, yellow cut at the 23rd minute. Um, Exiki, I yep. think that's how you pronounce it, Sounds was good. yellow cut at the 30 minutes. You're doing really Neto well. was red cut at 45 minutes. Yep. Um, Potuk was yellow cut at 77. <laughs> yep. And I, oh, Go on, get me, give me the name. This is hard. <laughs> Kobasi was red cut at the 88. There you go. Not too bad. 
Is that all of them? Yeah, that's all of them. All right, I'll move on from that. Um, this one was um, something that uh, Jurgen Klopp, who I've said a few times, has kind of a bit of a weird kind of way of talking about his club and the way, you know, certain areas. He doesn't like talking about people um, kind of trashing his defence. And he kind of, and he came out with this statement. Defence is shit, but. Well, it's really hard for me because I'm, a, because I'm a really good defensive coach. I could write a book in the next two hours about which space we have to defend. Very weird. I just thought that was... A, Wait, say, say that again. I'll read that one more time for you. It's really hard for me because I'm a really good defensive coach questionable uh, I could write a book in the next two hours about which space we have to defend very questionable considering the amount of goals that uh, Liverpool are letting in and I thought that you would uh, probably agree with that uh, with me on that one yeah even I agree with you with that one unfortunately and um, I'm not kind of 100% sure where he's going with that one um, considering that is uh, probably what's um, stopping us from challenging at the top of the moment. Um, so I got one last one. It's not really a Facebook funny, but I'm, I want to kind of get your opinion on this, Mickey, because I'm sick of seeing like all these fair pages and all that kind of put all this crap on about how noble all these players and coaches are, right? Now, obviously, yep. I'm, I'm yep. up with all the other Spurs one. This one's called Tottenham Spurs Transfer News. And which this has nothing to do with transfers, of course. Uh, it says Mauricio Pochettino took fifty Tottenham staff members to dinner this week and paid the entire bill with a picture of Posh. Who the fuck cares? Like, I'm sorry, but when you're making as much money as these guys, does yeah. this really mean that much? And like, why do you? It's just it's weird to me that they feel the need to uh, post this. I don't know who's getting this information because it's just a crappy little Facebook page. Yeah. But don't you think like you need like? And this is with every club. This is just, this is just because this is the best example I could get because it's obviously going to be a Spurs example. But this happens everywhere where they kind of all they do is they just try and kiss each other's asses and they try and like tell the fans or tell the people who like the page how good this club is and it's just like shut up like we yeah, know they're good <laughs> exactly right it kind of reminds me of um, Wolf of Wall Street and and um, as Leonardo DiCaprio was like narrating he, he's saying you know as the more money he made the better person he'd become because the more he could donate exactly and you know what I mean like he was so rich that he could afford to give out millions in charities and kind of thing which made him seem like a, a, a such a nice person but you know what I mean? It's just kind of like that thing. The more money you make, the more you can give. And you know what? What's five hundred bucks to Potch is probably you know five bucks for us. Exactly. And like, and, I, and I, yeah, it's I'm not saying fun. it's like it's, I'm, it's you know it's a it's a nice thing, and I'm sure nice like, gesture, I'm yeah. sure the people who got shouted would have been absolutely would have loved it. But like, just why? I don't know how one people everyone's finding out about this and why it's be, why it's anyway being publicised at all. And why it's even considered as any kind of news. Because it's not. It's like, it's not considered anything. It's just kind of like, you know, man does nice deed. It's like, it's, you know, man with lots of money does nice deed. It's not, exactly that, it's right. not that exciting. He wouldn't really miss the money at all. Yeah. And like, you do that, like any player could do that in the Premier League, just about. Especially like in well, for Liverpool and Spurs, any either, any player, and even, you know, when you go higher for the Man- the yeah. United, the Manchester clubs, like they could buy out the whole fucking city at dinner. It wouldn't, <laughs> be, too, it wouldn't be too much out of their fucking bill. Exactly right. Um, we'll move on from that, but I want to get that off my chest uh we'll move on to champions league because tomorrow we're getting back into it oh just wanted to say one more thing before we we move uh, off the premier league and on, okay. onto the champions league okay. um just as a little congratulations for me and uh, not no, so much nick not me i, don't I just want to you know a record was broken this week which i think is pretty significant in gareth barry um he, he broke the 632 games record hailed by um ryan Giggs in the premier league you know this is a guy that's you know been a solid like you, you wouldn't say world beater, but 
nope. um, in, in talks of commitment and, and keeping your body in shape and, and just being a constant performer, um, you know, the games speak for themselves and I think it's something to acknowledge. You know, 633 Premier League games is a lot of a lot of games. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, I don't really have much to say about this. It doesn't really bother me too much. I think it, it only, it's one of those things that only means as much as you, you want it to mean. Yeah, okay. um, like, yeah, of course, like it is It is pretty impressive how much he's kept himself in shape. That's probably the most impressive thing out of it, but it's not like he's a superstar. It's not I like... Think, I think there was eight players in the Premier League at the moment that were born after his debut game. <laughs> there you go. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, like, yeah, there's... um, It's, like, that's just my opinion on it. I just, like, it's... He's playing for... He hasn't played for an amazing club, really. He's just kind of... Played for Man City. Nah, the, the Man City. When Man City bought, like... When they yeah, I rich. guess when they made their original buys. That's that's true, but uh, like there's just and he was part of the Aston Villa side that was like pretty good with Ashley Young and and, and Milner. Yeah, I'm grasping at straws here for for Young yeah, Garrett. Really like, yeah, like, good point. Played Everton too. Yeah, but Everton were never good. Come on, let's let's. <laughs> you're a Liverpool supporter. You're never supposed to say that. I don't. Yeah, he's just he's never been a superstar, and it's it's fantastic. But you know, to take like Giggs is you know, the best player in the Premier League. He's playing as a midfielder, but was a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I just think it's an incredible achievement. It's yeah. You're like in the history of the Premier League, he's played the most games. Yeah, I know. It kind of take it takes away from a good player like Giggs. <laughs> Please, <laughs> best player in the Premier League according to that uh, that thing before. Yeah, the worst thing I've ever seen because they ranked Lampard better than Gerrard. <laughs> right, well, moving on to the Champions League, and I think right. there's a there's a couple of big games coming up this week. I think City, um, they play Sh- Shadak. Doska, I can't. I mean, the Russian oh, side. I always, I no, Ukrainian you, side. Sorry. I love hearing you pronounce names. It's great. That's why I don't. Do well, it. I can't pronounce normal names, let alone the hard ones. <laughs> Shatak Doskesh. I think. I think that's it. Yeah, I like that. It sounds good to me. Um, they should get a win here. Um, yeah, that, City won, no problem here. I think that uh, you know they've started off very well. I think it was a four 0 victory in their first game and. They shouldn't have any hiccups coming into this second round, and, and getting the six points earlier that will really set them up for a, um, you know a group stage. Um, Liverpool having what Spartak Moscow is basically a must win. They have yes. to win this. This is nothing like. I think so too. And this and is, they're playing away they in are Russia. Away, yeah, I'm not. I'm not as confident as what we should be. I don't think this is such a straightforward result. To be do honest, you think, do you think uh, playing you know midweek in in a place like Russia could hurt your chances against Newcastle? Well, Newcastle a little bit. I, I think the time of the year is probably a bit better than what like if this was in December, where it's like in in Russia the weather is like real bad, but yep. um, snow wise, I think that we could have been in a lot worse. Um, we're playing them now; it's still pretty bad, but it's not as bad. So I think you know it's a must win after tripping over Sevilla last week or two weeks ago. Sorry, so. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, we've got to win this one. Um, like moving on, there's a couple of games outside the Premier League. Monaco Porto is a really nice game. I think that's like I think you'd probably back in Monaco for that one. Hundred um, percent. Spurs going up against uh, what is it? Apollo Nicos- uh, Nicosia. I think I think that's the one. That's the way I'm going to pronounce it, and that's how it's going to be. Uh, playing away, Apollo. we are Apollo. Apollo. Uh, we're playing with yeah with our under fifteen side coming in looks <laughs> like and uh, yeah hopefully hopefully we can sneak a win like this is you know again this is another must win isn't it and I think another thing too uh, Dortmund play Real Madrid so if Real Huge. Madrid beat Dortmund um, and Tottenham win it really sets you guys up for a, um, you know a good chance of getting out of the group stage you know um, the fact that you beat Dortmund was a, a massive victory for you guys definitely all the 
with all the problems you've had at Wembley. So um, to get that six point start, I think even better for them if you if they drew. Yeah, definitely. Um, and knock points off each other and just you know create that little tug of war. Uh, see, it was CSKA Moscow versus Manchester United. Uh, you know, you'd expect United to have no problems here, but again, playing away, like you know, it's it can come back to bite you come the yep, weekend. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, in terms of there are a couple of big games coming around. Um, Atletico versus Chelsea is That's huge. huge, huge game. Uh, who do we who do we think's a better team? Um, it's a really tough one, really, because. You know, like Athletic have really become a powerhouse of world football. I think now um, they've been able to not only um, you know have that season where they challenge, but they've been able to hold on to their stars. You look at Griezmann, you look at a couple of other Coke and a couple of other players that you know would have at the old Athletic, like a Torres or something, would have left to, to go to bigger, better things. These guys have stayed. These guys have really made Athletic, um, you know, that third club in in I'd say in the Spanish, you know, top flight and. They're probably one of the best sides. It's probably one of the best athletic sides that it's ever been. And I, to be honest, I, I think I could see him beating Chelsea at the same time. Playing at Stamford Bridge, I think Alvaro Morata um, is probably going to come into his own in this game. Ah, uh, they're not playing at Stamford. Aren't they playing at Stamford? No, they're playing away. Huh. Yep. <laughs> Either way, I think it's well. They'll make the the the, the tie against Chelsea even harder, but. I think I've heard of Morata, uh, Morata, sorry, um, playing against a Spanish side again. It'll be interesting to see how he goes, um, and 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 see if he plays any di- any different. But I think Chelsea would go into this game thinking they can win. You know, you know, since the start of the season, once again they've kind of had those couple of first games where it was like a teething process, and they've, you know, maybe got the results they didn't want, and and a couple of other things. But once again, Conte's been able to, to figure his side out sort out the differences on and off the pitch and move forward. And, um, you know, one of their big concerns was who was going to score their goals. No cost at all. They've found that problem now. And I think they're going to be, you know, they're going to give this a real run for their money, Athletic. Yeah, definitely. I think that I actually think on paper right now, Chelsea's team's better. I just, for some reason, it just kind of, it just seems like they have more match winners in that squad. And how cool would it have been if, uh, if, Costa got done if he went over at his plane this week. Yeah, it would be cool. like that would have been very, very cool for the whole story of it all. Um, the other game I want to, I want to get your thoughts on is uh, maybe the biggest game of the, of the week: PSG Bayern Munich. Um, who's who's a bigger who's a better club? Do you think better club? Better Munich. bigger Munich's better. I think Munich's a better club. I think a bigger side. Um, we're talking first team. PSG's probably overtaken them. And this is their first real test to see um, how big PSG are now. I think, um, you know, they have they need to get a win and they need to have a team team win because at the moment there's nothing good coming out of PSG, especially in the Neymar camp with the, the whole Cavani. Um, basically, uh, Neymar's cracked it because he can't take penalties. Um, what do you think you know, of trying that, to by steal the off, Trying to steal them off Cavani. I think that it's... You know, he's coming as this hundred ninety million pound signing. Uh, hundred ninety million pound signing. Yeah, and he's just acting like a kid. Yeah, it is. that's exactly. He's acting right. like a sport little brat, and it's a little bit sad. And, and to Cavani's credit, he's one of the best strikers in the world, and he stood his ground, obviously, and not just kind of back down. It kind of reminds me um a little bit of when Balotelli used to try and take the penalties, and Steven Gerrard just said no thanks. Well, that's like exactly, and I think that you know when you have somebody even like the Gerrard. Gerrard 
kind of put it in the same kind of realm because Gerard and Cavani are proven at that level. They're proven penalty takers. And they're the senior players of the team. Yeah, and they've been doing it for so long. It's just like, you know, to, you'd have to really, you'd have to, there's something that you can't just kind of go into a game not knowing that you're not going to take the penalty and then have this young kid with a shit haircut kind of come in and then you have, you have his mate Danny Alves um, you know, grab the ball for him and kind of like, it's, it really is, as you said, it's school ground shit. Yeah, it really is. And it really pays a really bad picture of your club. It really, you know, isn't it? Like this, is this going to go walk all over you, your teammates now? Cause he's like the world's most expensive signing kind of thing. And you know, the, the rumors coming out after this is even worse. I think like, um, you know, Neymar wanting Pesce to sell Cavani now and get rid of him because he, he had a cry. Like seriously, man, grow up. And in and other things too, like um, other things that I've heard is that PSG have offered Cavani a million pounds to let Neymar take penalties. Really? Yeah, that's, a million euros. Sorry, that, that's ridiculous. Like, isn't it? like, like, come on, man! Like, is this is this serious? Like, Cavani sat and waited. Like, don't let's just not forget that Cavani played second fiddle for a long time while Ibrahimovic was playing there. You know, Cavani I- played on the right. Well, he would play at the centre. I dare say Cavani did not take the penalties. Um, you know, this guy's waited his turn. Do you, do you want to know his goal, goal tally? 95 goals from 140 games. That's world class. That playing is, from the wing most of his yeah, time. That's huge numbers. And so, like, this isn't, you know, this isn't a, a new guy on the block. This isn't a guy who, you know... It's established. Yeah, he's, he's a guy who's... He's loved at that club as well. He's somebody who's obviously, if he if he wasn't loved at that club, he'd be gone. Yeah, he's fair, the fans love him. He's somebody who, yeah, you know, isn't the best player to pick on FIFA all the time, but he's no. he's just one of those absolute gut runners who always is a fantastic finisher and does it week in week out. And I think that you know it has it's kind of caused a bit of a weird rift. And I think from the just a public perception of our like what we think of it kind of shows that you know maybe you know, all things aren't too sunny down at uh, the old PSG land. No, definitely not. And I wonder where um, Mbappe is looking at this as well, thinking, you know, what can he get away with now? Because he's, you know, on the same par as Neymar in, in respect to uh, price tag wise, you know what I mean? And name wise coming I, in. I would assume that Mbappe would be a bit better well, about it because just because he's coming so from the same league as well. Yeah. And I think that Neymar's coming in, and it's, I think it's not obvious now, but I think that there's much evidence kind of uh, suggesting that. Neymar's coming in, going. I'm bigger than this club, and yeah, it's, kind it's of, a I'm, Neymar show. This, this is this league's not really up to my standard. I, I'm going to do what I want, and you're going to have to deal with it. And that's where you know everything's going to kind of go tits up when it all you know when something happens. Imagine if they get a penalty tonight, and who like you know, everybody's going to be looking. Everybody's going to be wondering who takes it. And obviously, yep. they will work this out. Um, who's well, taking the penalties? But it's still going to make yeah. You know, it's still going to have the like any football fan kind of wondering because you know when. When he left, it's funny because like when Neymar left, everybody thought Barcelona had you know were really on the downfall. Barcelona were looking pretty uh, pretty decent at the moment. Yeah, they're looking alright. And you know, besides that uh, injury to to Dembele, uh, to Dembele um, you know, Barcelona looking you know life without Neymar is not that bad. And maybe he was the same at Barcelona as well. To be honest, like you never know. Oh, maybe not because of Messi, um, but it really doesn't paint a good picture for Neymar as a person. I think, um, you know, after, you know, the whole the whole move itself was, you know, a bit superstar-like, and, you know, thinking he's bigger than what he is and, and and he's proven himself to, you know, to have that character as well, which is 
probably the biggest disappointment. Definitely knowing that kids probably all around the world will look up to this guy and, and this guy's looking like a little child is probably not something that parents of kids that, you know, and I know that, you know, they don't choose to be role models and all that, but, you know, sucking overtaking penalties is pretty pretty childlike. And and because this world's all about stats now and how many goals you score, he's probably looking at these things and going, you know, the numbers are going to help him win something like the Ballon d'Or and all that kind of stuff. So, look, that, that's probably his... Um, his reasons why he's going so hard for him, but it doesn't make it any easier and or better. And but, something yeah. that you did touch on that I wanted to get quick quick thoughts on before we move on. Um, you're saying Dembele kind of getting injured, which he's out for what potentially three to four months, which is a, yep. which is, uh, Pogba being out as well with a hamstring injury. I just want to bring those two up because those are Friends. two are, two of probably well also that and but they're two of probably the maybe the top five signings off the top of my head of all time now because you know, everything has kind of happened and the inflation and all that. Do you, how much of an effect do you think that has on people's perception of what their value is? Do you think that people will be looking at Dembele going, now going like already and kind of going, he's a flop? No, no, I don't think so. I think two or three months is not that long. I think Pogba, you know, people can, people can live with injuries. They just can't live with poor form. Yeah, but sometimes the injuries can now keep going. You know, we, we watch a lot of sport, Mickey, and we see a lot Daniel of... Sarge. We see, yeah, Well, yeah, exactly. We see a lot of players who will have, say, in a pulpus case, a hamstring injury, and it will continue to reoccur, and it can flare up at all yep. at any time. Yeah, it, it just is a bit of a... like it's. I wouldn't say it's worrying, because, you know, he, he has the absolute best treatment uh, you could get in the world over <laughs> at United, yes. and he will take any course or substance to get that better. <laughs> you can't you know, say that I can I, just, I don't just I don't work for anybody <laughs> like what, what's gonna happen like a local podcast you don't know me local podcast is sued by Paul Pogba um yeah anyway we'll move on from that but um something I do want to talk about very very much is the fact that I am currently 5-1 up in the predictions table for anybody who doesn't know Mickey I'm gonna inform them how this works we predict uh, the next week of the Premier League, you get one point for picking the correct result, and you get three points if you uh, pick the exact scoreline. Now, where we were, uh, we were just kind of going through it before we went on the air. Uh, we were neck and neck until the Brighton-Newcastle game, where Mickey predicted Newcastle 2-1, and I predicted Brighton 1-0, which put, me three, me. which put me three points ahead, and we both got the Arsenal game wrong. We didn't go for the obvious prediction, either, either of us. Uh, Mickey... I, like I said this last week, but should I just start like you know, kind of throwing out shit predictions to kind of let you catch up? Because this isn't going to be no, very. You'll probably end up being right. <laughs> it's going to be like it's going to get to a stage where I'm like twenty two to four up, and it's going to be pretty damn boring. Yeah, so that's twenty eight. Yeah, uh, that could possibly. Be. <laughs> <laughs> I was just making sure that we, um, there's enough games in the year for you to be like that, but you can, which is quite frustrating. Um, <laughs> oh, we'll start with the first one. Then, Nick. We'll just get over this, all right? Uh, Huddersfield versus Tottenham. I, I think that Tottenham are going to win this game. I think they're going to win quite comfortably. Th- actually, 2 0. Oh, I was going to say the exact same. Uh, I'm going to go then. I'm going to go with a 3 1 victory for Spurs. Um, Kane scoring. I'm going to say Kane Brace. Kane Brace again. He, love, he loves a cheeky brace. And I'm going to say that Aaron Moy doesn't score. <laughs> really? No, he's not going to score this time. No, I, don't I think, think he's had really one goal for the season. Yeah, one goal for the year. <laughs> and God, did Australia go nuts over it? Yeah, we did. We were taught, he was the new prime minister. At one stage, I think. <laughs> he's got the key to the kingdom. Uh, this is an interesting tie. Uh, Bournemouth versus Leicester. I think they got a lot. Both got, got a lot to play for. Um, I can't see Bournemouth winning this one. I think it's going to be a one-one draw. Yep. 
you're very you're i need to pick mine before you do because i was going to say the exact same again mickey uh you're trying to think like me which is probably no, smart I'm because not. you might get some right you're trying to think like me. um yeah uh, this is gonna be a real I, I agree this is gonna be a really good tie i think that Leicester, especially after kind of losing a home game and Liverpool will want to bounce back. I think Bournemouth will feel a little bit cheated by um, not getting any point against Everton. I'm going to go for a Bournemouth victory. I'm going to go with a 2-1 win. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, not now for the weekly culling of Palace. Man <laughs> uh, United, I think United will win 5-0. Uh, I think Palace, once again, I'm going to say this every week until it happens, they're going to score their first goal. It's going to be Loftus Cheek, and it's going to be a beautiful Loftus Cheek. They can't even score the strikers, let alone the backman. Loftus Cheek plays up the middle. He's on, he plays it like he's an attacking he's, mid. Uh, not really. Not at Chelsea, wasn't a Crystal Palace. Everything kind of changes, Mickey. You know that. Yeah. Uh, he's going to score the first goal for Crystal Palace all season. If I get that right, you owe me a beer. No. And uh, <laughs> it's going to be a four-one victory to the Manchester Uniteds. <laughs> the Manchester Uniteds. Uh, we'll it's the first on. for everything. We'll move on to Stoke v Southampton. Damn, you got in quick then. This, pardon? You got in quick then. Stoke 2 1. Stoke 2. I was going to ask you for the first one anyway. Oh. Uh, yeah, this is actually, I think this is a really good fixture because both teams are kind of in that weird kind of lull and yep. neither team's really firing yep. on all cylinders like they should be. You're going 2 1. Which way? Stoke. 2 1 Stoke. I'm going to go with a 1 1 draw. Uh, we'll move on to West Brom versus Watford. Mickey. I'm going to give you the first crack at everything so you have no excuses when I beat you. Okay. Uh, Watford are going to win 1-0. Very interesting. I'm going to reverse that to you. I'm going to go West Brom will win 1-0. Okay. Uh, we'll move on to West Ham versus Swansea. Must win for West Ham. Swansea will definitely be looking to try and get a point out of this because this isn't an unwinnable fixture. Uh, any chance for Swansea here? Yeah, I think there is a chance for Swansea. Um, I think they're going to have a 1-1 draw here. Oh, that's a nice one. Uh, retail. Chico Roll is going to score. Chico Roll is going to score. Uh, I'm going to go with a 2-0 win to West Ham. Ooh. Um, I haven't really gone for any massive upsets at the moment, but we'll, we'll move on to uh, probably... This is going to be huge. Yeah, massive game in context, considering this probably City's, off the top of my head, their first real test. Like, they versus Liverpool. That's not really that much of a test. Oh, uh, so <laughs> uh, Chelsea, Manchester City, they're playing at Stamford Bridge. Uh yeah, this is one of the biggest games of the season so far, I'd say, like in terms of where everybody is. Where where do we see this one going? Uh, I think it's going to be 3-3 draw. Oh, Jesus, I'd love that. Wouldn't that be a great game? Absolutely bolter. Uh, anyone, any predict, uh, predictions to score? Anyone, Morata anyone besides Anyone besides the main striker? Cause you're well, the main guy that keeps scoring every week. What, yeah. You want me to pick against the main... Like, well, is it, are they going to score a hat-trick each? Yes. Oh, that'd be so good. Yeah, I like it, actually. I'm going to give you that one. <laughs> nah, this is going to be an easy victory for... Um, you, you can't say it's going to be an easy victory and then not know the side you're going to pick. Chelsea's got to win this one quite. No, I, um, You can't go... Like, this is literally you. You're like, this is going to be an easy victory for... I don't actually know who's going to win. <laughs> they, you know, they can't possibly be an easy victory nah. if you can't even pick the team that was going to win. I'm going to go with a... I'm going to go with a City victory. Um, I'm going to go with a... Yeah, I'm going to go high scoring like you. I'm going to go 3-2. And I'm going to go with De Bruyne scoring one goal. What about your boy, Aguero? Aguero will score one goal. (laughs) I guess how many Murata will score? No goal. (laughs) Two goals. (laughs) Uh, We've got a couple left. Uh, Arsenal, Brighton. 2-1. 
2-1 Arsenal? I've seen a 3-0. Lacazette would score. Uh, I think this, yeah, 3-0 is probably a good shout to be fair. I'm going to go 4-0. I think that Arsenal will take care of Brighton no problem whatsoever. I think that uh, Xhaka is going to put a 35-yard bomb in because he's done that a couple of times throughout his career. What, through his own net? It's through his own net, probably. <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here. And I'm going to say Sanchez kind of gets his season back on track and really kind of shows why he is one of the better players. He in did it the, the post in the weekend. The league. Yeah, he did. That's very true. Uh, Everton Burnley. Uh, Burnley, tough kind of tough team to beat away from home. Uh, Everton really need to win this to kind of put back-to-back wins together. Uh, we, is this an easy fixture to kind of pick? or? Uh, I think it's going to be 2-1 again for Everton. 2-1 for Everton. I'm going to go 2-0 for Everton. And we'll finish it off, Mickey, with... And I know, like I know, City Chelsea are saying probably the biggest fixture in terms of everything. But this is a fixture I really, as I said before, I really like this fixture, and it's something that I, I'm very confident I probably watch this one live. Uh, Newcastle, Liverpool at St James Park. What are your honest thoughts here? Because is, is there ever going to be a fixture that you don't say Liverpool win? No. Okay, I just want to want to make sure. Uh, Liverpool three one. Uh, who scores? Just out of curiosity, you're going to do your usual spread. Salah, of... Firmino, Coutinho. and Coutinho. <laughs> hey, I'm allowed to like my best How many players. until Mane gets back? Um, this is the last one. Last one until Mane gets back? Yo. We played Leicester. Who we played before then? Uh... We drew with Burnley. Yeah, so that makes it... Yeah, he's so got what is his last one? Last one, then continue. Thank God. Then continue can go back to the bench where he belongs. Uh, and then, <laughs> he'd be playing deeper. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with a two-all draw with this one, okay. just because I think I think Newcastle are quite difficult to beat at St James, and I think that yeah. they will be uh, they will be able to get a couple on the counter because Liverpool's defence is even though Jurgen Klopp thinks he can write a book in about two hours' time, <laughs> um, I don't think it's as good as what Jurgen thinks. Uh, any final thoughts uh, for this week, Mickey? Anything that you're kind of hoping for this for the week coming up? Um, I'm hoping Palace can score a goal. Yeah, that's one of the big things for me as well. I, I really hope we can get... I wouldn't mind a really high-scoring game, like as in both sides. I'm like, you know, as much as I don't like a, cheek, a cheeky 5-0 win for uh, City, I wouldn't mind a nice little 3-3 or a 4-4 or something. Some really shit defending. And like there, there are some teams with some shit defenses, so yep. it is possible. Um, we'll be back here next week as always. Mickey Kennedy. What? How you doing? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Total 90 Premier League Podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. My second mic, Mickey Kennedy, is going to take us out. Take us out, Mickey! Uh, I just want to promise to you guys that hopefully I'll have better stuff for Facebook's finest next week, but I'll definitely will have all the action and results from the next week's game. <laughs> this will be the best season of the Premier oh. League because we're going to take you all the way through it. 